know, there might not be a lot of people that may be able to relate to that. Um, but I just, I think like one thing I've, I've um, like, I kind of appreciate is you kind of trying to bring that conversation um, to like children and your own children as well. Because sometimes as well, I feel like, um, well, I'm not a parent, but I feel like instinctively as, as a parent, you want to just protect your kids. And sometimes that might mean just maybe not telling them about certain things or maybe mm-hmm. like um, withholding certain things until maybe they're at a suitable age where you feel they're able to kind of um, digest certain things. But I think where you've done it with in the, in the sense where you've kind of created the books and kind of just kind of eased into it like slowly without it being um too much and, and essentially it's just like normalizing the conversation because you know um you said that for you it's, it was important to like get your kind of make peace with that early on mm-hmm. so that when you um you know when you then um grow older it's not it doesn't kind of come back in a way that is i don't know maybe disturbing and, and in your case you're, you're a father so i'm sure you want to protect your kids and part of that is not allowing them to um inherit any sort of issues mental that you might that might be the result of your undealt yeah um yeah absolutely trauma um, you know so yeah I, I think that i think that's great that what you're doing and it's probably hard and i know that you know it's, it's hard in, in general but that must be hard because that's like you know um i, I don't even know it's, it's difficult like dealing with that because there's so, so much so much questions for one and so much so many i'm just trying to understand that like, why yeah like, like yeah like um with grief and uh, not many people realize that it can come out of the blue so certain you know you go through like the certain stages of grief um mm. experience it out of the blue like you don't know when it's going to come mm. but you don't feel that way because obviously you're still healing from the grief so obviously it takes time for everyone and that's why we want the audience to understand that it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. It doesn't in several months because you're still going to experience even, you know, as you get older. Yeah, definitely. That's I, I think that, that's, 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 that's so true. Um, and you, and you said it, you say it quite a lot as well, Mark, that, you know, um, it's okay to just because you're fine today and tomorrow you're not, it, that doesn't mean, oh, you know, it, it's uh, you've kind of all the hard work you've done is it's been undone. It's it's, it's just how yeah. it, it's just how it goes. Like it's it's a roller coaster, and I, and I'm sure which you you you'll probably shed more light on. That. I'm sure like you've um probably had your moments, you know. Um, even though you you said that you know you are the work you're doing now is to kind of help um children and even your own children, but at the same time there must still be a lot of um thoughts about you know your your dad's passing and mm. and maybe even a, a still maybe still, you still have a lot of questions that you just like why because um um and I, know, I hope you don't mind me saying because because when i when i did read the article I was, I was just so like i was puzzled like it, it just didn't make sense it doesn't make sense to kill someone anyway but just the the yeah. the, the the reason why i don't know reason why and yeah like and the sentence as well, like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't know. I just, like, I know the, the time, the time was a quite a few years ago, but I just feel like for for the crime and 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 the sentence, it's just like, it doesn't, I'm just like, yeah. it doesn't, um, Do make, I was, doesn't, I it doesn't gonna, make sense. I was going to say for, for the viewers or listeners, do you, do you want me to talk about what happened? Um, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean, whichever you're comfortable with, whichever you're happy and comfortable with. I mean, um, you know, I think it, it would be um, nice for the viewers and listeners to, um, you know, hear your story only because it is it's one that is inspirational to say the least, and also like how you've kind of come out of it. Because I think one thing that um, strikes out to me about it is you saying that from an early age that I want to make peace with this, and that's that's quite mature to, to come to that conclusion as a as a child. You know what I mean? And I and I feel mm. like you know, um, same misconception when, when it comes to children is that they're, you know, they don't understand certain things, but children are smarter than, are smarter than we think, you yeah. know, or of, or, you know, of course. So yeah, I think if, if you're happy to, you know, share the story or whichever elements you're happy to share, that, that, that would be, um, that would be yeah. great, you know? So, they, so, you know, I'm sure like you guys know, you know, you get these vivid sort of, uh, memories when you're first told where you are, what you were doing, 
Um, and for me, so the kind of the backstory is like we sort of discussed is um, we had a cleaner at the time who became sort of a, a sort of a friend of the family. She was going through a very difficult end of divorce and um, her husband was very jealous. He checked her mail and he um, so she had her post directed to our house. And um, my dad and my mum used to go and give it to her wherever she was clean, you know, cleaning at another house or she'd come to ours and we'd give it to her. And then one day she was cleaning it just outside Cambridge where I'm from in this little village. And um, my dad went over to give the post and the husband followed her to where she was working and saw my dad's red sports car outside, thought he put two and two together, went to a local supermarket and stole a bowling knife and then went back to the house. I think he went round the back of the house and, and entered through the kitchen and they were just having a coffee and then they had an altercation. And by all accounts, my dad sort of got the better of him and then went to grab his briefcase and the, the man pulled out a knife and, and stabbed him twice. First in the heart, which killed him instantly. And then he turned on his wife and stabbed her twice. And she managed to get out of the house um, and sort of go and call for help or whatever. But then the man turned around and stabbed my dad another 15 times um, in a fit of rage, obviously. Um, and yeah, I was at school at the time on the day and we had a, one of the teachers came in. It was like 10 past three or something. And I thought this is really weird because normally we go, the bell rings at quarter past three. And um, yeah, I'd cycled home, greeted by detectives and people in the, the house, my sister crying. And my mum took me upstairs and told me what had happened. And, you know, like you say, you, there's nothing, there was nothing there in my life that would have told me that this was ever going to happen. You know, no pre-warning signs, no, you know, it was a happy life living in Cambridge, you know, two sisters, beautiful sort of surroundings where we lived, you know. So it was like this fit of rage that this guy all of a sudden had, you know, just completely ruined my life and my family's life forever. And, um, and also instilled a huge amount of trauma for the rest of my life, you know, and um, yeah, from what you said, you know, it's quite interesting how I did manage to make peace early on, or I had to, I felt I had to, because if I held on to vengeance and anger and frustration, at this man, you know, solely projecting it at him, my, I wouldn't be sitting here chatting to you today. I, I'd be doing something else. I might be in prison. I might, you know, who knows where I would have gone. And so, I, you know, don't get me wrong, through my teenage years at school, I, you know, I used to get into fights and I was like very angry and, and, and very, very close. I was nearly expelled a couple of times from school, but luckily I had an amazing form tutor who, who kind of believed in me and realized that, yeah, this guy's gone through this traumatic event in his life and we can't give up on him, which was incredible of him. Um, and then, yeah, for many years, I just wouldn't talk about it. And I'd kind of swept it under the carpet. And I, I you know, looking back, I realized how I struggled with my mental health as a teenager. But at the same time, similarly, at the same time, I'd managed to let go of it in terms of being angry at him. You know, obviously, I had my grief, but I wasn't sort of solely focusing on, on him. But yeah, I remember I was about 16 years old and I was watching um, this program on Channel 4. And um, they'd asked to do a documentary with my, our family and the lady involved family. Um, and we said no. And that's when I found out he was out of prison. So basically he only got four years. And obviously my mum didn't want to tell me in case I was going to, you know, run around trying to find him or whatever. But um, yeah, four years. I think if anything, I was more angry at that than anything, you know, because um, I was like, okay. How, how, how on earth, you know, you ruin a family's life, you ruin my life for the rest of my life. All of a sudden, he's out in the world after four years. Um, so, yeah, I guess there was some anger towards that, obviously. And then, yeah, for many years, I wouldn't talk about it. And this is why incredible podcasts like you guys are doing for, you know, I'd say a particular age group is so important because it's, you know, for any child out there who suffered from trauma 
very similar to me, you know, you do, you, you struggle to know where to talk about it. And then you hit certain mm. ages, like you guys know, you know, certain events, certain ages, uh, milestones, and yeah. then you need that kind of opening to talk about it. Um, so then in 2017, I was asked to write an article for the Guardian newspaper um, about what had happened. And that kind of really opened that sort of Pandora's box as to, you know, just talking about this subject. Um, but at the same time, it was quite hard because I had to go into all the newspaper clippings and like read all the detail as to what happened. And, you know, that was difficult in itself, really, because it brought back and resurfaced loads of old memories and trauma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's when my talking about grief journey started really in 2017, I kind of realized that, you know, there's a lot of unresolved, unexpressed grief, which you know, I'm quite passionate about talking about now is that, you know, again, you, if you don't deal with these things at an early age, you know, no matter what age you are, really, it's going to manifest in yeah. mental health, you know, and you're going to have all these frustrations and this anger and this, you know, at the world and, and, and sadness and depression and, and all of these sort of emotions, which um, I believe aren't really tied to grief, you know, people say that grief isn't a mental health illness, but if you're not, if you're not dealing with it, if you're not talking to someone about it, yeah. you know, if you're not doing a podcast about it and you're not talking to people, you know, about how you're feeling yourselves and opening up the conversation and the dialogue, then it, where's that going to go? It's going to mm. go inside and internal and it's gonna, you're going to suffer. So yeah, that's why I guess I'm passionate about that now is to talking about, you know, that particular subject. Um, but yeah, understandably, I'm I'm passionate about helping children because I don't want them to go through yeah. what I went through, you know. Yeah, that, definitely. I think I think that's that's great, man. Because um, I think it's it's very very strong to just say that you're at a place um where, well, I think you did say I don't know if I'm mistaken where you've kind of is it like forgiven the person. Am I right? Oh, yeah. maybe not so much forgiveness, but you've kind of like you yeah, so, made peace with that or I'm, I'm sorry i don't know if i if i missed no, no, no. like the other day the other day i was i was doing an interview with um for my own podcast with someone called hope edelman who is an incredible best-selling author on grief but she kind of directed me through to um uh this presenter and i've actually forgotten his name but he he's just this incredible quote is i learned to love the thing that i wished least had happened basically you know I'd learn oh, to love. Was it What's Stephen? It? Yeah, Stephen, Stephen Colbert. Col Col yeah, yeah, Colbert. Col Colbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that, and that, you know, when I heard those words, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, I, I felt every word, you know, just kind of seep in because that's kind of how I saw myself. Is that I, I learned to appreciate over time what had happened to me and how to try and use that as a superpower, as, you know, to drive me forward in life, to try and help others, you know, yeah. because if it hadn't happened to me, then I wouldn't have done all these incredible things. I don't know where I might have been. Yes, I'm not saying I'm sort of uh, happy that my dad was murdered, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. that I get you. through what had happened, this is where my life took me, you know, and, um, and I think if you can't do that, which is very difficult and getting to that place is very difficult, then, you know, like I said earlier, it's going to manifest in many ways negatively. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you've been given like a new um, lease of life. Because even, even with me, I, I always kind of say that to myself, like, I'm, I feel like I'm the, the man I am now compared to like six years ago is much different. And a lot of that is because of what I've been through. But of course, like I always say, I would have liked to have been been this person without all of that grief and without yeah. obviously losing, you know, like parents. But at the same yeah. time, I'm I'm happy, but I'm not happy that they've gone. But I'm happy like that. Um, yeah, that I've still managed to arrive at that place. Oh, you know? um, that that's the biggest thing. That is that's so huge. It's like the fact of where you are now, you know, mm. and we're talking now, you know us three are sitting there talking about this subject and we've all been hugely traumatically affected by grief but yet 
we're sat here doing something positive and we're opening up this conversation to try and help others, you know, and, and how proud I'm sure our parents are that, that we're doing this and we're sort of mm. having this conversation because, you know, we, we're using our experiences as, as good for good. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and I've always kind of always said to even like, um, I'm sure Ben would probably shed more light is like, I, I feel like when, cause when we, when I think he was in the same position as me, he lost his parents a, a lot younger um, than me, but I think there were similarities in the sense where we had both been kind of going through the same thing, but didn't know it because we didn't know each other. And yeah. and and one thing that was striking is that there was not, there's not, no one that can relate to what it is that we're going through, you know, and, yeah. and, and I think that was the important part. So when we were introduced by his sister, funny enough, it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, I don't like, Yes, there's differences between us, but I don't feel like there's I like he understands like we kind of bounce off each other. I don't have to kind of explain certain things. He just he can, he will kind of get, and I think a lot of that is yeah a large part maybe uh, culture, but a large part grief as well. Like because again, you know, knowing what it's like to grow up without a dad and then and a mum as well, and it's like that that in itself sometimes can feel like you just feel like you're just like a the odd one out. Like, I, I don't know anyone else. Like, who's lost both parents in, in that same manner of, well, he's, his age, um, his parents um, passing is, is quite a, a larger age gap compared to mine. But what I'm saying is that in the sense of like people, someone who's lost both parents, like, and it's like, I just felt like what's happening to me. That's, that's a bit crazy. Like a year after each other, I'm, I'm like, I don't even have, to, I don't even, haven't even finished grieving my dad. And then my mom passes away. And that's something that was like, I didn't expect that. Yeah. So I think, um, it's taken a lot, a lot of confidence because I'm not someone who's like, I, I do like to express myself, but I think this has been a new thing of like expressing, um, definitely been out of my comfort zone. I, I would say that, you know, but I don't know, but but I'm enjoying the process as as funny enough, you know, um, and and I don't know, and I would like to just say that I hope this does, um, you know, there are more more um, young men like ourselves and more men in general like ourselves talking about it because. Um, you probably you probably know that a lot of the people that we've come across in, in the, I would say the grief community, you know, the likes of um, uh, Spoken Grief, um, Amber with Grief Gang. Yeah. And I remember when we first started a bereavement room, when we first started, um, there was this kind of uh, collective sense of like, um, you know, open, everyone working with open arms. And I think a large part was that because, oh, you know, I've, I've not come seen two guys before. I'm not saying we're the first or we'll be yeah. the last, but you know, is this idea? I've not seen two guys before, so it's, it was kind of refreshing to see that. And so I think that kind of helps to kind of take away like a lot of the nerves of of doing it. You yeah. Know, because you know, like 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 yourself, you know, podcast is a, is a very kind of popular big thing now. Um, and you know, there's many podcasts on very different niches, but you just think, you know, like can I really um, sustain this? But and but I feel like I'm, I'm more confident that we can. You know, um, everything is just it's just about timing and just know, knowing, you know, why we're doing it. And, you know, and I think once that's kind of um, nailed, nailed in, you kind of uh, become more confident. So we're still growing. Like I said, it's it, it's going to be a year since we've been doing it, but I just hope that we continue to grow towards more like-minded people, um, you know, because this is essentially a resource that we needed at the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. We you know. didn't know young people were, were going through it. So it was kind of a bit of a shock and a surprise that let's talk about loss is a group for young people that have been bereaved because obviously uh, around the time I think it was before 2019 um, I didn't know that there were groups like this out there you know so it made me feel like that I that me and Jermaine weren't um, the only people that are going through this so there's people out there that's also going through a similar you know, issues. Yeah. yeah. So it gives us the the reassurance that we're not the only ones. You know? I think I think it's um I see I've talked to a couple of people as well saying, you know, there's a lot of support for children now, which is great. But there was something missing for a particular age group, you know, some say from like 18 to 30, you know, let's talk about last, like what you're doing, what Amber's doing, you know, for that particular age group. It's just really needed, you know, because 
I think that falls into the trap of the whole society thing. It's like, oh, you get to 18. If you're grieving, you know, you can manage. Just get on with it. You know, you'll be fine. You're an adult now. That's not the case. You know, it's, everyone needs support, whatever point you are at your grieving process or whatever age you are. So I think it's, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. And, 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 and I, know, I know for sure it's going to continue because, you know, unfortunately, people die every day. And, um, you know, babies are born, people die. You know, it's a circle of life. And, and the more you open up the conversation, which I think we're getting to, and I think that's one of the positive things from the pandemic, is that it's been able to sort of uh, bring this subject to the forefront, you know, with um, talking about grief and it just being on your TV nonstop. Mm. And it's kind of, again, it sort of pushed the conversation out there, um, which is really needed for, for, for young adults. I think. Yeah. I think it's what, what you said about, um, you know, getting to a certain age and people assuming that, okay, right, just kind of get on with it now. Um, you know, I, I think the large, the, the main issue with that is, um, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ones with this one here, but like people, especially with men, were kind of conditioned to just kind of get on with it anyway. And and even, even at a young age, because sometimes, you know, we, we kind of hear things when we're younger, um, I know I certainly did um, when I was uh, not young, but when I, around the time I, I lost my parents was, and I'm sure Ben can relate to this as well, relate to this as well, is this whole phrase of you're the man in the house now, especially being the only boy, you know, um, and that, you know, at the time it, it kind of, without, without people realising that kind of adds a lot of pressure because when you say that, it's, it's assuming that you're the man in the house, meaning you're, you're in charge of the house now and, you know, being in charge of the house means that you have to basically you're looking after everyone else now but then there's still your your grief and sometimes you think because you think you're the man of the house and you, you have to adhere to this uh norm that you must be strong that means you can't you know just nip, nip, nip your grief your grief to the side and just focus on everyone else but sometimes again that can be detrimental because like yeah we're men but at the same time we need we need to grieve like if you lose someone Grieving is the normal response. You, you, you can't, no matter how much you you're strong, no matter how much you think you're you're the alpha alpha male or whatever, somehow that's gonna come out. Mm. It doesn't matter. Doesn't you might suppress it for a year. To, it's gonna come out because it's it's natural. Like having emotions, it's natural. Whether you're it's it's natural, but mm. obviously it's just that we've always been told to rein things in sometimes, you know. So yeah, I think it's important now that we're seeing a lot of conversations around this and there's a lot of I mean it's great it's great that you know as men we can talk and it doesn't you know you don't feel any less of of a, of a man and you know and um just just on a, a last note with, with that with this point is I think um I kind of felt like I, I couldn't do that because you know I just felt as a black man I have to be a certain way like I have you know I can't really but by nature I'm I'm, a, I'm an expressive person I'm you know so it if me trying to be anything else is, is I'm only doing myself a disservice. Like, it's not. Yeah. I'm only. I'm only harming myself. You know, and 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 I think like if had I not have got to that position, I don't think I'd be comfortable enough to even like talk to Ben and or just yeah to, to even like to to do something as 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 starting a podcast. So mm. you know, I I, I, I think for me, that's important. <laughs> more to do from male ego so i think men in general we're dispelled not to um uh how how we feel or it's like we would rather just do it by ourselves when no one is present so that's the way they do so i think sometimes the, the male ego can get in the way and i think the male ego is in all of us you know like we don't want to see people um, in public and, and requiring, or you know, if you're on the bus or that, or you, you just start crying for no reason, but you try and hide it because you're in public. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to totally. Uh, it's it's still an issue, isn't it? It seems to be that um, the whole stigma around, you know, talking about men's mental health and, uh, you know, the, the still the levels of male suicide, you know, and, and what's happening there particularly over the last year with the pandemic and, and how 
and a lot of men still struggle. I mean, I, you know, for my own podcast, I think I've interviewed four men, you know, across 32 episodes. And again, that kind of sh- it shows you, doesn't it, that um, that although there, there's probably loads of men out there who want to talk about their grief, there aren't many that are really, you know, um, probably willing uh, to put themselves out there emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get in that space, I mean, it feels great. <laughs> it feels great, you know. Like even talking to you guys today, it's like you're talking about this thing without even realizing. I think that's. Yeah, you know, the damaging effect of of uh, stigma, you know, the stigma around this is like, yeah, like you said, Ben, the ego can get in the way a lot of the time, you know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think we we we're, we're much similar. I mean, we're we're only a few. Uh, what by the time this comes out, this will be episode maybe about forty three or four in. I, I can't do the maths right now, but. It's the same with us where we've um, not to say we haven't reached out, we reach out to people like we don't have like a particular like right, reach out to X amount of women. It just that happens to be most of, of our guests are, are women. Yeah. Like, you know, but that isn't to say we we, we don't we we had um, some guys on, but again, it's it's some it just happens to be that's just how it is. And I think you know, some people aren't ready to talk, and that, and that's cool. And some people um you know, just don't maybe they don't feel comfortable, or maybe they they, they don't they don't feel comfortable talking publicly, or maybe mm-hmm. they want to do it privately, and that's fine. So I think that says a lot. Uh, but nevertheless, I think either way, if, even if we had like two men and, and twenty women, we're, we're still going to keep going. You know, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just hope that because if it is that some men prefer to just listen to it as opposed <clears> to coming on it to uh, the podcast and talking about, it, then that's still good. There's there's no pressure to, you know, talk publicly and and you know or say this or say that, but. I'm not. I'll be honest. I do like. I do like when when we do speak to um, a lot a lot of men, you know, and, and I think like that's why I, I appreciate you kind of um, when we do when we did kind of um, uh, hit you up and say um, are you going to talk on a podcast and it just felt like yeah it was great um, you know so I, so I, I we do thank you for that and I think for you because you one thing you said was that um, you know besides not wanting to um, you know be stuck in your have your kind of trauma come back to bite you in later years but it's also like um teaching your kids your kids mm. about about grief as well and i think um i, I personally i don't think i've seen a lot of um uh, literature on greek what well, no a lot of literature surrounding grief for kids yeah you know? it's not i think also like young people as well and i think that's why <clears throat> we need to really get into schools and you know at least just tell the story as to I was in your position this is how I got there I you know it, it doesn't mean that because you go through this traumatic time your life's over and the more you talk the more you open up and I think there needs to probably be there needs to be more of that in in secondary schools as well you know so I think as you know male figures going into secondary schools and talking to teenagers it kind of would hopefully break down that stigma like we've just been talking about of men talking about their emotions and the benefits to it really is, you know, what, you know, this massive amount of benefit to actually just talking about your feelings, expressing them. And that, <laughs> that doesn't mean you're crying every minute, you know, or like mm-hmm. Ben said, you're standing in the street and having a, just bawling, but you know, that there's, there's a way that we can hopefully do it in a, in a positive way that just says, look, you know, I went through this, you know, like you guys, I think, you know, really inspirational, just going into school and saying, guys, started a podcast, this is where we are now, you know, this is how it's helped me get to, you know, where I'm in a place to be able to talk about my grief, talk about my mental health, my feelings, and um, and I think there just needs to be more of that, you know? Yeah, and I, I, think, I think you're right, um, because that's, that's another thing as well. It's just, it's just keeping the conversation going. Like, you've, you've done that quite a lot. Like I said, you've had a lot of press, um, you know, about it. And, like, it, it must be, I don't know, I mean, you said you, you still find it quite a bit. Um, radio's easy for you, but TV's a, a bit... A bit yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe it's just speaking on TV. But, um, like, the other day when I was on, there was an interview and I was, my mother-in-law watched it. I said, how did it go? <laughs> and then I watched it after. I, like, played it back. I was like, okay. Yeah, it went all right. But, um, you know, so, yeah. 
but it's it's you know it's it's kind of a drive to just keep doing it really just keep mm. opening up the conversation and that's that's why I do it is you know because someone needs to needs to just sort of speak up and, and say you know you need to talk about this because the government's not doing it you know they they slowly but surely things are getting better but you know there needs to be more happening in schools more support you know generally primary schools are left to get on with it when it comes to bereavement support there there is sort of lots of great charities that go in and do training but you know you can't sort of leave them feeling isolated particularly now because after this pandemic you know particularly tomorrow with kids returning to school yeah, yeah. you're going to have a lot of anxiety a lot of stress a lot of just kind of feeling a bit oh, i haven't seen my mates for ages you know how can i converse you know just a lot of children have gone introverted and not sure how to express themselves and and that's where the schools need support and so yeah i, I wrote vacation and got a reply back but it was a bit of a crap reply to be honest oh. you know it was like it was just like a generic one but so i wrote to my local mp and then she wrote a letter to him which was great of her to say you know come on like this guy's actually told you his story and he you know he wants you to do something about it because he's coming from a place of this is where these children are at and if you don't you know anyway so um yeah i got another reply but it was still well you know just like he was you know regurgitating yeah. a, anyway yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's great what you're doing because it, essentially like you have to keep the conversation going and sometimes we have to be that driving force as opposed to waiting for someone to i mean i mean i'm sure in some in some respects you, you've had um people contact you for to, to kind of share but essentially you know it's it's up to like us to keep it going and sometimes that that can feel um quite scary because it's like you're not what you're talking about is something that's very um i won't say taboo mm. but it seems it seems to be very taboo because oh you know we can't you know we're talking about definitely any sense of it is a bit oh you know you lost someone but that but, that, but the thing is that's the reality is it's it's gonna happen like of course it's, it's unfortunate you know the, the different um grief people go through in terms like in your in your circumstance and i can imagine that must be hard like even at the time when you was um uh younger telling people oh my, my dad was killed and this was because of that and it, it's not really like it invites a lot of awkwardness because people don't know what to say or do yeah you know yeah um so yeah, that, I, think, I think that's that's where we got a kind of yeah i mean you know don't get me wrong like you know if someone told me that that happened to them i just be like oh wow okay and i i, yeah, I would struggle myself but i think it's it's making those people not feel isolated or at least just say, I'm really sorry about that. Or if they're a friend, just doing something for them, you know, if they're cooking enough for them to go out for a walk with them or whatever, you know, but I think the worst thing we can do, like you guys know, I'm sure is isolate someone, you know, let them yeah. feel like they're alone because of your awkwardness, you know, yeah. like just because you're, you feel awkward about it. Don't make them feel like they're alone, you know, which I think can be a big problem. Um, again alongside this subject is people just don't know what to say or they're afraid what to say in case they make you cry but i always say that we've all we've all felt the most unimaginable pain that you can possibly feel in life so what they're going to say to me isn't going to do any more damage than that already has you know yeah exactly yeah so, no, it's true it's you know, true don't feel afraid to 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 say something you know obviously don't <laughs> You know, in the right way, obviously. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, don't don't say anything mad. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't say you can't be saying anything mad, but it's like yeah. you, know, you have to. Because even I, I remember um, uh, when my mum passed away, and literally um, did that this, that very day, because a lot of people come into, you know, come into the house and just being there. And one thing I, I kind of admired looking back is just that people not just being normal. So even though, yes, this, right now, something big is going on, I've lost my mum, but we're still sitting in my room just literally having a joke. Yeah. And just and it's like, that is, you know, you're not making me feel alienated. Yeah. Even though, like, you know, it's probably hard right now. You know, yeah. I think some, of course, like, I'm not saying, you know, if someone, don't be, don't be dismissive, but at the same time, make people feel comfortable because part of it is you're not isolating them because there's nothing worse than feeling 
alone when it's a, you're around amongst people, but they're mm. trying to just tiptoe around you because they don't know what to say. And yeah, I'm with you. It is hard. I, I would know what to say if I had met you and what well, as in, as in years ago I had met you and you. Well, I wouldn't. I'll, I'll be two, but you know, you know, I'd have been two. But you, <laughs> I know you what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know what but I would have met you and said, "Are oh, you told me? Oh, um, I lost my dad and he was murdered." I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that." Yeah, as by default, because like, I, lo- I love the I love what you say about you know, you don't have to. When someone dies, it doesn't mean you're going to be crying all the time, you know. Yeah. And I think when people see someone laughing, you know, like recently my father-in-law died and we're doing, we've got his funeral tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've been supporting my mother-in-law through it. And, you know, and it's kind of like she's she's from Jamaica. And so there's that, there is still that kind of uh, uh, expectation through grief, you know, as to how you maybe should be mourning. And I said to the other day, I said, it's all right if you're, you're laughing, you know, you're allowed to laugh at the moment. You, mm. you don't have to, people don't, ex- shouldn't expect to come round or knock at the door to say hello and say, I'm so, and you just open the door and you're crying. You know, it's like, yeah. so there is that kind of, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, I think it's nice when people do kind of treat you normally. And like you say, they're just laughing and joking with you and, because you know that they're there anyway, you know, for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. supporting you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like like Ben, did you did you have that um when your um mum passed, how, how did you find the people around you were like, did you feel like they were treating you different? Or was it more of a thing where like they, they made you kind of well not intentionally, but made you kind of feel like, yeah, I'm alone in a sense because of your your grief? Um I wasn't at my home at around at the time that happened so I was at my aunt's so obviously um she's related to my mom as well and obviously she was upset but um I think my my, my cousins were really really supportive of me so obviously even though they didn't know what what, what to say that they were there regardless because they knew that I was going through um uh grief and just losing someone so it was quite um a traumatic week mm-hmm. I think college gave me a week off, so obviously they knew about what happened. I think someone just told them that oh, my mum looked off, so yeah, give them a week off college. But, um, I think I wish when, um, also when my dad passed away at 12, I, I kind of wish that there was more um, support and training for, for teachers, you know, when it comes to losing someone because they weren't really equipped around the time. When it happened, so how old were you when when your dad died? Then uh, I, I was twelve years old. You're twelve, yeah. But it was literally yeah. in and off of high school, so like the second year. It, yeah, it, I had to um go to Ghana for like two weeks, so I literally left school to go to Ghana for two weeks and then come back. So in a way, I kind of missed on a lot of um, schoolwork, so I was falling behind because I missed like two weeks. Yeah, I wish there was more support training for teachers that will know what to do when it happened like this because it's really important because it could affect the kids' um, child development and just progressing on with life. Yeah. yeah, but then you know, again, I, that's that's not your problem. That's their problem. You know, they all the teachers who you had should have known what you were going through. You know, the communication should have been better. And I think that's what it seems to be. Secondary school where that falls down at the moment. That's still, unfortunately, is that it's still not communicated through. You know, to whoever you are, what teacher you've got. You know, it's like Ben's just suffered a huge loss. You know, we need to keep an eye on him. He's, you know, and then actually this morning on my Instagram, I, I did like a, a real thing, but just saying, look, tomorrow, if you've got a post-it note, write happy, feeling sad, whatever you're feeling and hand it to the teacher in the morning, you know, or in the lunchtime or whatever it is. And it's that silent way of just handing something to them so they know what emotion you're feeling. And And I just think, yeah, a lot of teachers just, I think it's the communication thing, which, they fall down with, yeah. 
unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it's um because the the issue of um bringing it into schools like sometimes as well like is how 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 would they even do it because I feel like where because again it, grief is one of those things where it's not part of the conversation in in anything like it's just one of those things where like you kind of maybe deal with it in silent and you know like um i don't know this is this is i don't know if i'm if i'm going off on a tangent here but um sometimes as well with kids i feel like when they're going through certain things and for example if a kid's just lost a parent or lost someone and they go back to school and you know maybe they that kid prior to that that kid's been known to be um you know always like quiet well behaved and um, you know, they they come into school maybe a week or two after after a loss, and maybe there's some some difference in their behavior. So maybe they're lashing out more. Um, you know, maybe they're just a lot more kind of um, aggressive. And and the teacher might think, what is wrong with um, so and so today? Like before, you wasn't ever like that. And naturally, as the teacher is gonna is gonna punish them because you know you can't. It's not you have to teach that you can't hit. You can't just hit another kid. But yeah. A lot of them should kind of maybe okay, just take a step back and say, yeah, what you did was wrong, but what is going on? Yeah. And sometimes as well, um, even though like because with kids, that's what I said, they're smarter than we think. But that is that way, that way of that kid um, exhibiting their their grief or t- do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not fair to take it out on people, but I feel like that's what happens. Um, so at that point, it would be good for the teacher to explain to the kid, or you know, I understand what you're going through. But it's not right that you that you've, you hit this kid. But at the same time, this is this this is what you're going through grief and explaining that what happened because, again, like, like you said with yourself, with what you're doing with, with your books, is that you know if you teach teach people about grief from early on, it it might it will probably will help them in in the future mm. because again we want to always protect kids from like from real big issues because they might not understand it or like I said before maybe you want to do it when that age where they're be, be able to understand it better um, yeah you know so I, I think i think that's that's quite important and even like with, with your book um like like with your own kids what did they can did they go through a period where they ask a lot of questions ab- about your dad yeah i i feel like it's gone in stages really it's sort of um you know over the last couple of years obviously i've been talking about this subject more and more so i've felt a bit more comfortable with i guess talking about my dad you know but i so that's been the positive thing i think it's important that you make them relevant in everyday conversation so you know just an example if i'm putting them to bed i say oh this is what grandpa used to you know story used to tell me or sort of thing he used to you know and and then also like on the anniversaries include them in like last year we we uh, on his anniversary that he died we took some balloons off they wrote notes to him and we, we let them off into the sky and you know and it was really lovely because it sort of included them and then in the morning they were like oh let's set a place for him you know um but that was their idea and that was really lovely so yeah. i think if i hadn't included them and talked about the conversation you know and actually said oh tomorrow it's the anniversary that grandpa died then we wouldn't have done any of that so I think for me, it's always a learning curve, always a learning experience, you know, and, you know, my, my daughter's, she's quite inquisitive. So she was like, oh, how did grandpa die? What was he doing when he died? You know, and so and I've always, I always say, like, the big, the big tough bit will be when I'm sitting down with Otis, probably, to say, this is how he died, you know, and I, and I guess I'll know when he's at an age that I feel comfortable to tell him what happened um and i think it's important that he does know but because it kind of it, it gives him a better understanding about me and my own uh where i'm where i've come from you know mm. sort of emotionally as a person as a human um what sort of dad i am you know because once once he knows that i think it's going to be like oh okay wow like we talked about telling people you know yeah. it's never easy but telling your son that, you know, a man decided to just kill your grandpa, you know, is not going to be easy. So that's going to be a tough one. But for me, yeah, it's just making sure that they're just relevant in every conversation, you know, just they're still here, you know, in, in our lives. You yeah. know, like you guys, you know, you want to 
make sure your parents are still still around you know in the conversations and the stories and that is that's the legacy that we build for them as we move on in our own lives you know without them physically yeah and i think that's i think that's the best thing we can do to be honest is mm. honor them by remembering them through the stories that we tell um however sad they are however happy they are you know and um yeah that's kind of, that's the way that i'm sort of, that's the point i've got to is as i realize that's that's the best way that i can sort of continue his legacy you know yeah i think i think that's great because even though like you know you're still going to have that important conversation of the f- the full extent of what happened but at least now when that has happened it's not like oh who is grandpa like you haven't completely dismissed him it's just that oh okay grandpa that and when they're at that age because i think sometimes as well like it's that balance of protecting their innocence but at the same time giving them the benefit of the doubt that they are you know they are they are smart they grew up fast like you said your daughter was always asking yeah what happened and you must <laughs> must have like bring out a blanket a blanket response every time like oh this happened and you know like um you know like but i, I think that's that's just the innocence of kids they, they always want to know like why if, if if I can't have something, why? If this happened, like mm. why? It's just it's mm. just the, the, the natural state of that's why they they they're smart than we think, you know. Yeah. Um and 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 I think it's good what you're doing because at the same time, you know, as they grow up, they they still should know who their granddad is and they have that legacy. Um like I, I, I don't have any kids of myself, but I always kind of imagine that when God willing, when the time, if the time when, when it happens, that I would somehow still incorporate my parents and say that this is or this was um you know grandma this is what you know and then when they but in stages so when they get older they're saying oh okay they still know who that who their grandparents were um yeah because sometimes you you want to just maybe protect them because you think oh it's too much to handle let me just not say anything but um you know like and it's good what you're doing because even you know with your your book a lot of other people have also said oh you know um i've gone through this and it's helped and you know and i think you know, th- that's a good start to kind of helping people or helping kids understand that, you know, like grief and mental health, like children, just because people, children are children, it doesn't mean they don't have mental health issues or grief, you know, it, it doesn't, no. it's, it's not ageist, you know what I mean? It's not going to, you know, because we're, we're at age where we understand it, it's going to affect us more. But but I think that the, the key thing is understanding when a child's going through it and giving them that support, you know, because, um, even that like we hear a lot about, especially um, I think the other day it was, um, I think uni uni mental health aware, uni mental okay. health awareness day, yeah. I think so. Even like even like students again, like you know during this pandemic, it must be tough. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you can't just mental health matters for everyone. Mm. Men, older men, men older than us, men younger yeah. than us, like chuck that you know boys, you know. Um, so I think that's it's good that. You know, you've instilled that because, again, like you're investing in your kids' mental health. You know, and you know when when we've kind of grown up, and probably when you've grown up, you probably had that traditional thing of you know, you know, you're the you're a man, you're the man of the house now. You've got to do this and that. I don't ever think mental health was even part of the conversation of like you know, usually yeah. they are how to how to ride a bike or how to fix this. Mm. You know, it's a bit of DIY or you know, like you know, arm wrestling or just all this typical <laughs> stuff, but. You know, what yeah. about when you're when you're going through up here? Like that's that's the thing. So I feel like as we go along, you know, we can invest in our mental health because I feel like if we don't invest in ourselves, we, it's hard to help other people that, that that are going through it. You know, so I think that's um that that's important, man. And even like I know you said yourself with with the um your podcast, there's only a select few of men that um that have gone through that. I mean, I don't know. I, I always kind of wonder why is it that's there's always this notion that men don't talk. I think they do, but I just think maybe it depends on the the nature of the conversation. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ben, you're going to say something. No, I think what I was going to uh, what, what Jermaine was saying. I think depending on what the topic is, they'll be open to talk about. It, but if it's something that's a bit of a taboo, then they might not open up, or because mm. they're they might get judged on, on what it is they're talking about. I think, that, that, I think people, I think men, the worry that um, that um, someone might use it against them 
whatever it, the issue they're going through. And I think, um, uh, yeah, they shouldn't really worry about that too much because at the end of the day, you're going to help someone if you go out talking about an issue that's uh, taboo. So you can't really yeah. think about or saying so because it's only you at the end of the day that's going to help someone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's true. Um, so, was, were you going to say something after after that, Mark? No, I was just going to say, yeah, it's, you're completely right in terms of um, the sort of the self help thing. Really, it's like the more you, you know, the more you talk about things for yourself, the more you can help others. Just like Ben just said, you know, it's, it's just continuing the conversation and and um, yeah, you won't. I mean, it being it's incredible how much you help yourself. Like even off, you know, back to talking to you guys today, and I will come away from this with like a, a sense of oh, I learned something new there, or I, I didn't realise that about myself, you know. Or, and so that's why these conversations are so important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, likewise, likewise. Like I, like I said, I, I'm appreciative of, like, of even being in this space and just talking with people that, that have been through things, even though, like, again, like every, everyone's grief is different, you mm. know, but I, but I think we always, what, what one thing me and Ben always try and do is just try to... Um, not have a not have like a sort of put put like a ceiling for ourselves in terms of what what we can talk about in terms of grief because I think sometimes um with grief as well there is this kind of everyone's experience is different like I said but we don't want to sugarcoat grief it to be this certain thing of like right you go through x amount of stages once you go through that then you're back to normal and then that's fine you don't there's a there's a lot and, and of course there's probably a lot of things that you know we we don't talk about because not everything we're going to be open to i get that do you know what i mean but i think essentially it's a, just about like and that's why i kind of like i i like talking to ben and doing this because um it's not me this is a space where i'm, I'm i can be authentic there might be some things I'm, i might feel like um i can say and and people might not, might not understand that and, and that's cool I'm, I'm not i don't think it, it would be right of us to kind of start this without being ourselves as well you mm. know um so like and of course we're always like i said we're always mindful of you know if we do feel like we've said something that that's a bit um we say let me say like political or something that's not of course i i, I can hold my hands up i'm not you know i'm not here to like feel like or to offend anyone or but at the same time there's you know there's a rap there's yeah it's about being, being real with it not not kind of providing a, this kind of sugar-coated version and and saying yeah this is what grief is like because there are I think that's, issues. that's what people like though isn't it you know the, the authenticity of you know listening to two people having a chat with somebody else you know and they're actually just being honest about how they're feeling you know and mm. and that's why you get the people listening into you guys is that they want to hear what you're saying to to that person because it is something that they've tuned into or it resonates you know and that's that's why these conversations are so important because like we kind of said earlier is people will take little snip, snippets of bits of useful information that they can go away with you know and and that's yeah it's it's just hugely important that's why it's good to to put your opinion across and how you're yeah. feeling because people need to know that grief is shit you know, it's not fun. Um, yeah, exactly. It's not a fun thing. You're not. It's not like, hey, there you go. Yeah, go ahead and have a good time. You know, it's like, you know. And again, it's not like time fixes it. You know, you just learn. I always say it's like a coat you learn to wear. You know, some days it's heavier, and then it's lighter on other days. And that's the way I've kind of learned to wear mine. I guess you know, I tuck it on, and it's like a light, a light gilet. And then in the winter, you know, it's like a heavy heavy yeah. peacoat but um yeah it's yeah so it's kind of that it's just people need to understand that but um and the, the other thing is that people change you know forever when when you know when your mum your dad died you changed as a person and you know when a child experiences a traumatic loss they change as who they are for the rest of their lives and it's not about you having to adapt to them and be a different person when you're around them they need to adapt to you and 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 that's the other big elephant in the room for people is is they need to understand that they need to change um, or adapt, 
not change themselves but adapt to to you you know yeah i think that's a point that that i, I haven't really heard much because because at times um you know like you said it's like we know we've, we've all changed like you know as we're here like speaking doing um amazing things individually but essentially we've changed and i, I always kind of said to myself like part of me has like died as well but, but at the same time part of me has kind of been like i won't say like re rebirthed at the same time but at times what what one thing that's hard is kind of um people understanding that so mm. like like you said before um you know people need something like your yeah, grief is shit but at the same time it doesn't mean like, i'm in this perpetual state of sadness like i'm gonna mm. you know but just just adapt to me because i think that's what helps in, in having that support because a lot of the time when you don't understand something your your natural response is to like oh well, okay he's just he or she's just doing their own thing now so i'm going to leave them to it but actually you know because it's, it's, tra it's traumatic and I, I know like I, I would say our trauma isn't in sense on the same scale of yours but it is it's a lot to deal with like mentally and in some cases it can take a toll on you physically as well but because people just see certain aspects or they don't understand you know and that's why like it's important to have these conversations and and have it in in its in its purest form not not to bits and bobs not like of oh, what people want to hear or what pe people might like to hear it's just it's, it's hard man and mm. you know and it just needs to keep going on and, and maybe that's that's why a lot of you know you said before a lot of um maybe like mainstream i would say mainstream media don't um they don't kind of speak on it because they don't know how what it's like so again maybe they need more people like us to, to yeah. you know lead these conversations and, and say like yeah we're not experts but this is this is our own experiences and, and before you know it, one person hears that and then they can take a bit from that and you know and and, and so on and so on like that, that's 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 what it's about um and not being isolated essentially like yeah. not being isolated like you know years ago had that had we had met you or all the other people we've met like who knows but everything happens for a reason and like i said right now i'm not saying that you know i'm happy that my parents are gone but right now i'm in i'm in a i'm in a good space i can say right now men mentally you know um so and, and i think a large part is having this this uh resource with ben and just being able to like it be something that i've i can potentially keep um keep their name going and just just something that we can just give back to to people and just even even people who are not grieving like again i know essentially it's for people who are grieving are, are going to relate the most but even people who are not grieving can 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 get something from it as well you know it's, absolutely it doesn't, doesn't have doesn't have to be so isolated you know no, I think it's great for people who who because one day they are going to feel this way you know that's mm. a certain thing isn't it everyone's going to experience grief and and they might be supporting a friend, you know, or a family member who are going through, you know, some grief. And so, yeah, yeah that's why jumping onto a podcast and listening to people talk about it, well, they can take something away from. So everyone's going to be touched by it, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Definitely. I think it's been great, man. Like I said, you, you've done a lot of work and you seem like you're going to keep going and doing it. But apart from, you know, is there anything you've, um, well, anything that you, you can speak of um, that you've got going on in terms of your work with grief, um, more books or even more um, ideas for the podcast? Yeah, I think, but well, I'm recording a new series of the podcast at the moment. So it's, um, yeah, I, you know what? It's just great talking to people again, like you guys, mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, it's just good to be having these conversations. And, you know, like I said earlier, I take things away from each conversation. I learn something new. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that's going to be be out soon um and then i this year i really would like to write a book for young adults um i'd say sort of 12 to 18 years you know that sort of age group yeah. um just to try and inspire hopefully give them some sense of what they might be going through um because you know ben like we talked about when you start that secondary school years and you hit grief you've got the rest of your teenage years to navigate school you know i mean it's so hard isn't it for young people at the moment you know with the pandemic social media how heavy that can be you know when you're grieving as well you know there's so much shit to deal with so 
yeah, I'm hoping I'd, I'd like to sit down and try and write a, a book, um, probably a, a few more words than a children's book. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just keep the conversation going, really. More public speaking, hopefully, as lockdown, you know, all the things ease up. I would let, you know, it'd be great to actually stand in a room again and talk to people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but mainly just keep keep the conversation going, keep talking about it um, to try and help other people feeling um unsure about how to express it themselves you know yeah like have, have you always been um doing public speaking or was that something that kind of started um more so after the books yeah so it started after the books really or talking about the grief element um and it just you know i was contacted by yeah a couple of charities were like do you want to talk at our conference and um Again, that's quite a nerve-wracking thing, you know. Yeah. When you're standing up in front of like hundred bereavement professionals who actually do this for a living every day, and they're you yeah. know they're like council people, and then but that but that's that I think more often than not, when you've got a lived experience, it resonates with people. It can resonate pe- with people more than you know if you've studied it, you know. Um, yeah. So, so I do find that it sort of connects. Um, which is great, but yeah, it's it is quite a daunting, uh, nerve wracking thing when mm. you're standing up in front of people. But because again, like you're telling, you know, instead of me just telling it to you face to face, I'm telling it to a hundred people, yeah. and they're looking, they're looking me in the eyes, and I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, right. but Especially then, if they're not, yeah. not cracking a smile or just looking at you like a stern yeah, look, right. just like, right. yeah, or they're crying. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, quite, a, yeah, it's sort of a sadistic positive feeling once you've done it but yeah i'd love to do more of that yeah yeah, yeah. no that's great because the reason i was going to say because sometimes because it's like something that you you kind of know about naturally you think that it's easier but i think those nerves are just natural because even sometimes with me like even just with a podcast i've just sometimes i get a bit mm, like yeah okay I, I know like i've been through this but i think that's there's still a bit of nerves like you know um and I don't know. I, I, hopefully, we, we can we can we can do some sort of speaking in some capacity um, about all our stories. You know, I think that's a challenge that I'll definitely be up for um, taking on. Um, you know, I could I see that, I could see you both going into schools. You know, secondary yeah, schools. Even that. I mean, sex. I mean, school kids. Teenagers are a bit brutal, though. Teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to go in with um, you know those expectations of. They're gonna rinse me, you know. So, um, yeah, that's that's the fear. Like, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> like, and it's it, it can be over just the little things. Oh, like, how, like you know, why, why are you wearing those trousers? Why have you got those trainers on? Like, just like small stuff. But um, no, yeah. that's that's something I think would would be. I think that would be amazing, personally. Um, you know, and hopefully yeah. that's something we can somehow um do and just just keep it going as well as just keep the podcast going. Yeah, you know. Um, so now we now we appreciate we appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, and and uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a pleasure, man. And and I just appreciate how you've been honest, even though like I said, it's a tough subject, as you know. Um, but like your story is inspiring. Like, and if they can learn anything, is that you know grief is not something that you just kind of wash away. Is shit, and you do you do kind of have feelings of like you mentioned in the past of. In your case, anger, like, like you know, wanting to like do do the same thing as well. Okay, I can't say that on a podcast. Yeah, but but you know, you know I, what I, I mean. Know what you're just... I know what you're saying. I know you're saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, um, but it's good that again, like as I mentioned, uh, what is good to see is that mentally, you know, you're not trying to you're putting your you're not trying to have those that trauma seep into your future, and you know, and for the sake of your kids as well. So. That's that's great, you know. And I'm sure, um, you know, you're teaching your kids um, well in terms of their mental health, and you keep investing in that. Um, so yeah, that's 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 great, man. I don't know if you have any other final comments, Ben. Yeah, I think it's been a great conversation, you know. And it's what Mark said. We need to raise more awareness around bereavement and going to talks, doing workshops and just getting the word out as much as we can because obviously people need to hear these things because I wish I heard that when um, when I lost my dad, my mum, 
I wish I was much more, you know, um, what's the word, open about it rather than just bottling the things that I that went through. So, yeah, I think it, it, it's important. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, just in terms of if people want to contact you, Mark, um, where can people find you? Um, if they want to get, get the book or any other contact information? Yeah, so, I mean, you can mainly find me on Instagram, I guess, at Mark Lemon Official. Um, the books are available at Lemon Drop Books. Um, so, yeah, as well as The Magical Wood, which is the bereavement book, there's also uh, four other books um, with my children that feature uh and there's a whole different conversation around that as well but that's to do with diversity and more mm. multicultural fame characters and children's literature which there isn't and there needs to be more so um so yeah you can find the books there and just yeah i'm on twitter but not really so uh my instagram mainly <laughs> yeah no no I'll, I'll add it to it i'll, I'll just i'll put the the instagram and, and the link yeah link I, um I, the website just want to say thank you so much guys for having me on because like i said it's been a great conversation it's been you know it's been what nearly an hour and a half and uh <laughs> you know time the time ticks when you're talking about a subject you're passionate about so yeah, exactly um, but um but in terms of yeah so for everyone listening we appreciate everyone that's listened to us and we hope that you've kind of got a lot from you know mark's story um you know because i said it's, it's inspirational and to understand that you know grief isn't this kind of linear thing like it's 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 in waves and it, it comes in different forms but don't like you always say don't feel guilty about that and if you ha- if you have days where you want to just simply whether it's cry or just be in your thoughts then that's so that don't don't um shy away from that you know yeah other than that um you can find this episode on spotify apple podcast um google podcast um and also on youtube as well so um please subscribe and uh, on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and a rating because the more ratings, the, the more visibility. So um, yeah, but Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys. Yeah.